I'm going to ask you to turn to 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if you could. The Lord's laid something on my heart. No, He hasn't. The Lord didn't lay anything on my heart. The Lord's been doing something in my heart. And I had, I've just started to have this ongoing question, what does it look like to be transformed? And when does the church get to be transformed? <laughs> Maybe that's a dumb question, facetious question. What does it look like? And why do so many that declare Jesus as Lord and Savior never fully experience transformation in Christ? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If you're there, let me hear you say amen. You all know this verse, and I'm going to ask you, especially NIVers here today, because that's simply what I've got, so that's what I'm going to read. Just let's read it together here, but read from your own translation if you got it. I don't care. Let's just declare this from 517. Let's read together. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. The Living Bible says it this way, when someone becomes a Christian, he ain't anymore, a new life has begun. I want everyone just real quick to lock their eyes in on mine. In Christ, the person you were prior to Him, according to Scripture, does not exist anymore. Does not exist anymore. That person is gone. There is a new one in that old person's place. My question is, how many here have time after time gone, where is this new person? Come on, let's be honest today. Who has struggled with that? Where is this new person? Why am I still living like the old person? Believing like the old person. Acting like the old person. Oh, I was out walking yesterday. Lord Jesus, why do I still like, act like the dad I know I probably was before Jesus? Why do I still get frustrated and, 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 and sharp with my kids rather than walking in grace and love like my daddy does? Now, right away in your mind, oh, come on, Dave, you're human. Hey, the Scripture says that person died. You guys think I lost my mind. That person's dead. Sharon Moore, that person's dead. That person is gone. How many have made excuses for your old person showing up at times? Anybody? Come on. How many made? Let's be honest today. How many have made excuses? Oh, but we're only human. Who's ever let that foolish phrase come out your mouth? Scripture says that person's dead. Stop giving him credit. Boy, I'm hollering two minutes into the sermon. What in the world? This is a talking to me. I, I want us to look at what that old person looks like. Romans chapter 3. we got to look at this real quick. We may get through the sermon today. We may not, and that's all right, because we got next week. We'll just continue on next week. Romans 3. Aren't you excited to be together? Oh, man. I almost feel holy kissing coming on here. You know, if we were in a brethren church 100 years ago, it would be a whole lot of kissing going on. They were into the holy kiss. They took Scripture seriously. We don't push it around here as much. 
Romans chapter 3, and we're going to start at verse 9. Not at all, for we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. As it is written, are you ready for this? This is the old man. This is the old person we were prior to Christ. This is what I'm about to describe here, and it's right out of Scripture. There is no one. What is that? No one righteous. Not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become what? Oh, but God loves us. Yeah, He loves the Spirit that He's now made alive. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways, and the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God in their eyes. When he said no one, that pretty much covered who? And does it sound like the description here offers much hope for this individual? No. Theological camps, there's uh, Reformed theologians, there's Calvinism, there's Arminianism. In Calvinism, they have a little phrase, the utter depravity of man. I agree with it. Basically, what that means is man was completely and utterly sin and death in human form. The absolute opposite of Christ Jesus. There was no hope. Was no hope. Is no hope. Folks, outside of Christ, please don't miss this here. I'm just trying to build up for a moment. Outside of Christ, we look like Adam. What do we know about Adam? Adam started out the same way Jesus started out. Perfect. Adam started out the same way Jesus started out, essentially a virgin birth. Adam started out the same way. But then what happened? He fell. Sin. The ultimate falling of mankind. Lost everything. Please look at your neighbor and emphasize the word everything. Lost everything. He had. Were it not by God's kindness, would God not have just wiped everything out of Noah? It was that bad. It was nothing, and we lost everything. But here's the problem. Folks, how many know that we hear Scriptures that say, get right with Jesus, get on fire for Jesus, go evangelize for Jesus, live for Jesus, and we do our darnness to make that old man do that? We try to get that is anybody, try to get that old man to do that. And how many know it's impossible? You can't make your old self do anything regarding God. Nothing. You can't. How many sit down and say, I'm gonna read the Bible more? Because I believe if I read the Bible more, it's going to change me more. That's a valiant effort, but guess what? If you're doing that in your own strength, 
then you might as well go read uh, uh, some other book. Because guess what you're going to do? You're going to take what you read, analyze it, try to make it make sense, create your own wrong theology, and then fail. And then quit. And then get convicted. And then try again. And then fail. And then get quit. And right now, the old man, according to Scripture, is supposed to be clearly and utterly what? Dead. Gone. Not even a part of the equation. That person has left the building and better not ever return. Gone. Say, oh, come on. I'm going to tell you what. Oftentimes, in counseling, in us analyzing our situations, (laughs) in us trying to discipline ourselves, guess what? What are we trying to do? Many times we sit in a counseling chair getting counseling about how to how to make the old man better. Can you do that? Why are we wasting our time? And this spoken from someone with a master's in counseling. How many overanalyzers do we have in here where you look at your situation and your situation is so difficult and you start to sit there and brood over it and think about it and try to figure out how this is going to work and how things are going to change and what you're going to do to make them change. And how many know they never come together? How many walk through life? Boy, this is going to step, I'm going to step on my own toes on this one. Walk through life. Being offense and getting hurt by other people because you are thinking thoughts like your old man. Then the next thing you know, you've been so hurt and so broken that you're going to seek help on how to change the old man. But there's a problem. You can't change the old man. Oh, I I need to be PC. Or woman. It's 2018. You can't change it. That old being is supposed to be what? Dead. But then there's this hope. Please don't miss this. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? That means that God is going to look at you in what way? The same way you were before? Or is he going to look at something different now? Because guess what? In the old man, how many know you are condemned? And you are condemned to hell. How many know that in the old man? You are condemned. But this says in Christ Jesus, there is now no more condemnation. That means he must be looking at something different than I'm looking at. He's looking at something different than I'm looking at. See, image. Romans 8 says, we are to begin moving. He's going to bring us to share in the likeness of who? Jesus. See, here's the thing. Everybody say Adam. Everybody say, not Eve. Say Adam and say Jesus. How many know that's two different people? How many know that's two different people? then how come we continue to live the Christian life acting like Adam or trying to figure out Adam when we are supposed to be looking like who? 
You say, oh, but that means I've got to discipline myself, got to read the Word, got to... Hold on, hold on. Let me just give you a little... And I need to clarify this. So, you know what? Don't let your feelings, or I heard a pastor say the other day, don't let people say, oh, I'm too shy or I'm introverted. I'm the biggest introvert I know. And we can argue till the day I go. I, I, I spent most of my life in my room, door shut, guitar in hand, didn't talk to anybody. So you want to talk about being shy and introverted? I got the, I'm the chief. But I heard a pastor say the other day, stop thinking you're introverted. You're in Christ. Introverted was old man. In Christ is extroverts who are not ex-Christ, but are in Christ as well. Listen to who you are in Christ. You ready for this? I'm not, I'm not going to give you the biblical references. It's just, I just want to rip through this. You ready? You are complete. How you like that? You're alive. You're free. You are far from oppression, and fear does not come near you. What's that mean it doesn't come near me? It's not because it's not around me. It's because I choose faith. Fear has no hope. I am born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. I'm holy. I am without blame. Look at your neighbor and say, in Jesus, you are without blame. Make sure they know this. In Jesus, you're without blame. I have the mind of Christ. I have the peace of God. I have the greater one living in me. I have received the gift of righteousness. I have received the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I've received the power of the Holy Spirit to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. To cast out demons, to speak in new tongues. I have power over all the enemy. I no longer have to walk in the old man because I'm no longer the old man. I am a... I have no lack. I can quench all the fiery darts that get thrown at me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I show forth the praises of God who's called me out of darkness. I am a child of God. I am God's workmanship. I am a new creation. I am a spirit alive. I'm a believer. I am a doer of his word. Is there anybody getting excited by any of this? Because what I'm telling you is if you even out of your mouth say you're a Christian, then this is who you are. I'm a joint heir. I'm more than a conqueror. Oh, come on. Show me what more than a conqueror looks like. I'm an overseer by the blood of the Lamb. I'm a partaker of His divine nature. I am an ambassador for Christ. Do you know what an evangelist is? You want to know what it is? This is what I believe wholeheartedly an evangelist is. An evangelist is not somebody who's trained how to say the right thing at the right time in the right place. An evangelist is this. They have learned to love themselves because God loves them, and they now love other people, want them to be loved by God too, and they want them to know it, and so you're going to tell them. When you love yourself, you'll love other people enough to I'm the righteousness of Christ, of God in Christ. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm the head. Oh, here's a good phrase. Everybody knows I'm the head, not the what. 
I'm the head, not the tail. I'm the light of the world. I'm his elect, full of mercy. I'm forgiven of all my sins. I'm washed in the blood. I'm delivered from the power of darkness and translated right into his kingdom. I am redeemed from the curse. Oh, please hear that. I am redeemed from the curse of sin. My past, present, and future sins have been forgiven. They're gone. How many just sat there right now and said, oh, but Dave... Scripture is clear. He died for our sins once and for all. In fact, I'm going to be quite honest with you. This whole idea of sinner saved by grace, sinner should be applied to the old man. I am a sinner who was dead and made alive by his grace. Saved by his grace. I'm somebody different. I'm his elect, full of mercy, kindness, humility, and long-suffering. I'm forgiven of all my sins, washed in the blood. I'm delivered from the power of darkness. I'm, I'm firmly rooted, rooted and built up in his love. I'm called of God to be the heavenly places. I'm greatly loved. I was walking the track this morning today, and I just sat there, and it was the first time I really feel like I've heard God's voice right here. And he said, Dave, I really love you. What do you do with that? I'm trying to walk two miles in 30 minutes. I'm a slow man. I'm almost 45, you know? And also, some of y'all are like, shut up, Dave. And that old man's still trying to hold on, and my back is aching. And Dave, I really love you. <laughs> I love you too, Jesus. Needless to say, I didn't walk as far today. But that's all right. Thank you, Lord. I'm submitted to God, and the devil flees from me. I press on toward the goal to win the prize which God in Christ Jesus is calling me upward. God has not given me a spirit of fear. Please stop letting fear rule you. It doesn't belong to you. It's not yours. It is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. How many like that list? How many know? Now, I'm going to, start, I'm going to just start up here with the head. How many know that that is who you are now if you're in Christ? How many know? Oh, come on. Don't just sit there with your hands down. How many know? But how many know? See, this is who we are. This is how God sees us. This is why He can look at us and say, hey, you are worthy. Why, God? Don't you know what I've done? Yeah, I do, and that person's dead. I've created something new here, and I love it. I love it. And that's what I'm looking at right now, filled with my son. Oh, who likes that? And so here's the thing. This is how we're seen. We just need to put it on. We need to receive it. See, Romans 12, 2 says this. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our what? Our what? Our minds. But what's doing the work? 
Yes, the Holy Spirit, but in what capacity is the Holy Spirit doing the work of transformation? I want everybody to quickly turn with me to, to the book of Titus. There's a, a book we don't touch in on a lot. Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, starting at verse 11. Man, I tell you what, the Lord has just so upended my, my heart, my spirit in the last couple months, and I just love what He's speaking to me. It's been an interesting two and a half years of hanging on to an old man that needed to be dead for a long time, I'll tell you that. Anybody with me on that? Titus chapter 2, we're going to start at verse 11. If you're there, let me hear you say amen. For the grace of God. What is it? What's that third word? For the... Let me hear you say it together. For the what? Grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to who? It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is what brings about the change. God's what? Everybody say grace again. God's grace. Now, let me just try to simplify an understanding of God's grace. I'm not going to give you a nice little cliche. I'm not giving you anything else other than really what God's grace is. So don't miss this. God's grace is this. His loving kindness for you because of what he sees you as he's created you to be, not what you've been. He's viewing you as what He created five hours ago, five months ago, five years ago, 55 years ago. He's looking at you based on how He created you and what He created you to be. Why do you think He puts up with us? It certainly isn't because we show up at church on Sunday mornings and we have Bible study. No, he's looking at us saying, I want to transform you and grow you up into what I created you to be because, according to the Word, you're God's masterpiece. Whether you choose to believe that or not is on you. But you are. How many get so tired? You know, you hear someone who, who battles with atheism. <laughs> I, I, I deal with it as if it's a sickness or an illness or an addiction. Battles with atheism, struggles with atheism. And you want to go, hey... Just because you, just, you say you don't believe in God doesn't mean he's not there. How many ever felt that before, said that before? Okay, now I'm going to say to you, church, just because you struggle to believe that you are fully and utterly forgiven and God is viewing you with up, the utmost, highest value because he knows what he has created you for and is not sitting around concerned with what you did but what you are going to do because what he's doing in you, many of us struggle with that. We're still sitting around focused on, oh, I just can't do this thing right, so I'm just not going to try. I'm just going to struggle. Sit around. It's too hard. Grace brings transformation. When we realize how God sees us, we're going to stop looking at Adam and start looking at who? We're going to stop trying to fix Adam and start living who? I'm, I'm hoping people are hearing me today. Am I all over the map or are you hearing me today? See, we often try to become all these things in our own strength. We do. We try to do the right thing. We fail. We give up till the next time we're convicted. When we try again and we fail again. But I love what Romans 5, 17, I'm just going to read it to you. Listen to what it says. It says, for if 
by the trespass of the one man, and who was that man? Adam. Death reigned through that one man. How much more? Now, here's the word. You got to get it. How much more will those who receive God's abundant grace (laughs) and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus? See, you say, Lord, I want this old man gone, and I want the new man to just arise, and I want to be transformed so I realize who I am in you, and I want to identify and find my identity in you. What do I need to do? Receive my grace. Receive my grace. But see, even that, at that time, we struggle, or we yell at a coworker, or we do something that is just completely, or somebody hurts us, and we start taking on the old man again and defend ourselves. And before you know it, you're locked back up wondering what in the world's going on, and there's no way I can be what God's called me to be. (laughs) I'm just going to ask you a question. What is it that transforms God's what? His what? So how do we connect with God's grace? I saw one of the coolest pictures ever. You can look it up on Google. How many know that when lightning strikes and about to strike something, typically a tree, but when it's about to strike something, literally millionths of a second prior to its striking, there's something called, uh, it's either streamers or streakers that come out of the object it's about to strike. And what it is, it's the electrical charge, and everybody's got some degree of electrical charge in them. It's just, it's, it's what it is. It's electric. It will actually start to come out, and you can see if it's taken quick enough. It's a streamer, I think it's called, and it just kind of comes out the top just about yay high off a tree just before the lightning is about to connect with it. And it creates this charge, and a strike happens and then scares everybody to death. I want you to imagine God and His great self will not strike something that a streamer is not making a connection with. Every one of us, we got to have a streamer <laughs> to make connection with God's what? What is that streamer? What is that that brings us to that point of God's grace? Well, Ephesians 2.8, I feel like, has made the, just opened my eyes up to this, and I love it. Listen to this real quick. For it is by grace, everybody say grace, it is by grace you have been what? Okay, we know that. What has saved us? God's what? But what brought us to that? According to Ephesians 2.8, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. My faith in receiving and believing what God has said about me and what He was wanting to do. My faith connects with His grace, and when grace abounds, guess what's not guess what's fully sufficient? His grace. Guess what abounds more than sin? Guess what changes and transforms? Guess what teaches you to say no to ungodly passions? Guess who teaches you what teaches you how to live a godly life and and a lifestyle, the the kind of life that God has created you for? And how do you connect? Have I read the Bible and I totally agree with with what's in the Bible? That's not faith. Just agreeing with what's in the Bible is not faith. Faith is saying, what you have said, Lord, will take precedence over everything else. I see, hear, 
are due. See, that's more than lining yourself up with just, oh, yeah, I agree with what the Word says. How many agree with what the Word says? Yes. And whether we like it or not, the demons, hey, they agree with what the Word says. Do they like it? But they agree with it because they see it's true. That's why they hate it. The demonic hates what? Truth. But they agree with it, right? So it's not enough to just agree with what the Word says. We have got to say, I want that truth to dictate everything I see, say, and do. I want to walk by and not by faith comes through hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. What is God's message? Well, let's nutshell it. Your old man stinks. It needs to die. Your old man stinks, and it's off creature. It needs to come about. And I love you so much and that spirit I created and what I created you for that I will do whatever it takes. And I have done whatever it takes to start something new in you. As soon as you hear that and you start to say, you mean, Lord, you love me in spite of? Yes. Lord, you mean in spite of what happened to me? Yes. I have, I'm ever-present. I'm an ever-present what? Help in time of trouble. He said, I will never leave you nor for. He said, even when he ascended, Jesus said, I am with you now even to the ends of the earth. He is here. He said, I am right here. And everything I say about you is truth. You start walking it out by faith. You start receiving this. Guess what happens? What happens to our faith? Really? You, you really love me? Really? You really have called me as a believer to walk in might and in power? And he says, yeah, and this isn't even about you. This is about what I'm going to do in you and through you. Stop being Adam. Stop making excuses. Be the awesome thing I've created you to be. And let my grace change you. You mean, God, you can do that? Yes. Then by faith, I choose to believe it. I choose to believe it. I choose to believe you love me. I choose to believe you've got great things in store for me. That I am your handiwork. I surrender myself fully to you. Here I am. And then I get out of bed. And run into life. I'm going to walk by faith. Lord, I know right now I feel this. I know, Lord, right now I feel that. But you know what? My feelings don't lead me. Faith does. So even though right now I feel absolutely worthless, can I just share real quick something? I told my wife the other day, this is how Satan works. For two years I've been thinking, oh, i got to go get mulch. I want to fix, the up, fix up the outside. i got to do you got to do this. And then this past summer, uh, this past couple weeks, I've been thinking, i got to do this. i, I got to do this. I want to do this. I want to take care of this house. I want to really spruce it up. So the other day, I'm gone all day. I was like a 12-hour work day. I come home, and guess who went out and bought mulch and flowers? Now, the new man would have been like, thank you, Jesus, for that provision. The old man that was supposed to be dead says, you failure. You worthless failure. You can't even take care of your home. Your wife's got to go do it. Come on, man. 
all I struggle at, but praise the Lord, I walked in, and I thought, no, I'm not taking hold of that. And I sat down in a chair, and I looked at her, and I said, you know what the enemy just tried to do to me? And I told her. I said, isn't that ridiculous? I gave in to that. Almost did. I almost gave in to that. That old man is dead. I don't need to live under that condemnation anymore. Jesus says, I am not a failure. I am his handiwork. Jesus says, I am valuable, and I am his. Faith comes through hearing that message. And faith is confidence in what we hope for. And what are we hoping for? That everything he says, and the hope isn't wishing, the hope is knowing that it's coming. Everything he says about me is what? Everything he's done for me is what? even though we don't see it. It's believing and receiving His grace, what He says about us, what He thinks about us. Everything hinges on faith. In fact, I'm going to have to tell you this real quick. I know I'm about, I'm about done. Don't, leave, don't lose me here. Everything hinges on faith. In fact, how many know in the Word, in the book of Romans, it says, anything done outside of faith is sin? How many have heard that verse before? Everything done outside of faith is sin. So if we make a decision based on feelings or fear, guess what? We are, that's not fair. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, come to me, you are weary. I'll give you rest. My burden is what? We cannot please God without faith, and anything done outside of faith is sin. So, here's the big question for all of us. How do we know when we're walking in faith? How do we know when we're walking in faith and not just trying to conjure it up in our head. Oh, I agree. God said this. God said that. I'm doing this. How do you know you're walking in faith? Well, you want to know? According to Ephesians 2.8, how are we saved? By what? Through His faith. Through, I mean, through my faith. His grace saved me. My faith, His grace connected. So, if I'm walking in faith, what is going to be all over the place? His what? His what? His grace. My mind is not going to be filled with condemnation and fear. Grace will abound. I'm not going to go, hey, I'm walking out in faith, but what if I make a wrong decision? Anybody ever done that before? What if I'm making a wrong move? My wife's famous answer is, God's got enough grace to forgive us if we do. I'm not going to walk in condemnation. I'm going to walk in the grace of what God says about me. How do I know I'm and I will be walking knowing that my daddy is right there with me and has great plans for me. If I'm walking in faith, I'm walking in grace. Where grace abound, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Grace is far bigger, far better, and far more amazing than sin ever wishes to be. The righteous live by faith, and they will walk by faith, not by sight. So the bottom line is, I... Dave Chapel and becoming like Christ, no longer am I like Adam. And I'm not going to make excuses for Adam anymore. Anybody understand? I'm not going to make excuses for Adam anymore. I can't. That man's supposed to be dead. This is how I can do all things. So it ends with this, 1 Peter 5. This little paragraph has just stirred me up for the last three weeks. 
Humble yourselves. What does it mean to humble yourself? Anybody? It's not just you trying to humble yourself. That's an Adam kind of thing to do, isn't it? It's you saying, God, I give up. Because you, I will follow. Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. And I love the next verse because I think it's often used out of context just to make us feel better. But this is right, this is the sentence right after. Cast all your anxiety on him, all your worries on him, because he cares for you. Do you know what kind of worries he's talking about? The kind of worries that we put on ourselves by trying to live like who? Trying to be a Christian living like Adam creates a whole lot of what? Anxiety and worry. And what does he say? Cast all that garbage on me because I care for you more than you care for you. Stop trying to figure it out yourself. Lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways. And what's he going to do? Direct your paths. So here's your three-question quiz. Pop quiz. Where's the old man supposed to be? Who is the new creation? What transforms us into that new creation? And how do we connect? Do you today receive what God has said about you? Have you received today what the Lord has done for you? Or are you still questioning whether that was for you? Do you today know that God is in deep love with you? How many people go to marriage seminars? I'm not waiting for... Marriage seminars so you can really figure out what it means to become what? When really, who's the one we're supposed to be coming one, becoming one with first? He wants to become one together. He'll make you and your wife or you and your spouse one as He has been made one. He wants to be one with you all. He wants to be one with me. Know me, believe me. I do my wife a disservice when I refuse to believe that she loves me for who I am. And I want you to know that. I do my spouse, my wife, a disservice. I disvalue her when I refuse to believe. And how many ladies in this house, after your husband has looked at you and said, I love you and you are beautiful, have scoffed inside? You are disvaluing that spouse. And in the same token, you're disvaluing what the Father has said about you. See, that's the, those are the chinks in the armor. It's that kind of stuff. Oh, but it's humility. Calling yourself an ugly, filthy you-know-what is not humility. If anything, that's pride that says, I know better than him. <laughs> no more. To God be the glory. Humble yourself under his mighty hand, and he will lift you up in due time because he knows what he's got for you. So cast all the garbage on him because he cares for you more than you care for you. Amen? Let's get out of here. Jesus, we praise you. We give you glory. We give you honor. I want to walk this out today. I want to walk this out. By faith, I'm connected to your grace. Your grace declares I am everything you said I am, that you've done everything you said you've done, and that you are doing 
in me, and I have everything in me that you have declared that I have. Lord, I receive it today by faith. And that grace will bring transformation to my life. And when the enemy wants to throw it at me or life wants to throw it at me, failure, worthlessness, everything else, I sit back and say, nope, I'm part of something bigger than this little thing. As a matter of fact, old man, you're supposed to be dead. You've been crucified. Thank you, Lord, that I can stand firm in knowing what you declare about me. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for changing. And we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, amen. Go in the peace of the Lord.